0: Hey, Kevin Draves here with the howl for Diamond Box Bluetooth speakers. I got to tell you, I play basketball at the gym down the road for me all the time, and sometimes I go late at night. I bring my Diamond Box, and now they're introducing 3 new systems, the new L2, XL2, and M2. All feature stereo sound by themselves or split stereo sound with wireless syncing of two units for a live sound experience. Loud enough for any environment. And I kid you not, you could play this at low volume and you'll hear it in any room of your house. This is the most powerful Bluetooth boombox speaker on the market today. Check them out on Twitter at Diamond Box Co. That's box with two X's, Diamond Box Co. Yes, basketball association, I love this game Seven of the playoffs, the NBA Finals. Right six minutes away from your team's first title. Right, right it's only one quarter till your name hangs with idols. Yeah. Celebrations, everything, yeah. fundamentals, vital. Yeah. Each game out. is survival. Never Trump, be i right You ride a music through your you town like the Miami Heat. South yeah. Beach, they be showing us. Takes it up. To that two, oh, yeah. Right, right to yeah. Rick. Right. National Basketball Association. To the rim. Yeah. Yeah. Reach. Check that. Check out. Hit the elbow. Hit that. Hello, everybody! Welcome to the NBA 2K League show on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. Brought to you by Rode Microphones, studio quality with easy accessibility since 1967. We are your source for NBA 2K League coverage each and every week. Here, covering the best of the best, not the rest of the world. Week 4 is upon us, and it starts off with the Mavs versus the Hawks. Mavs looking to try to stay undefeated. Mavs, by the way, they are the top team in the league, but there's a few surprising factors involved here. They have no double-digit wins, and none of their players are in the top five of any of the major stats. I mean, I think that tells you a lot. What's really impressive about the Mavs is they've shown an ability to win close games. So can they do that again against the Hawks, or will the Hawks find a way to get the upset? We're in that first quarter, in that first half, and you saw some really good defense from the Hawks. Dimes, early on at least, really struggled with turnovers, and that has been a problem we've seen throughout his 2K League career. It's something that if I think the Mavs are really going to truly reach their potential, he has got to get better at. We love that he's able to get assists. We love his flashy ball handling, but he definitely turns the ball over too much. The one thing you want to keep in mind, though, is last year they struggled at times. Mavs did. This team looks a lot different now. When the Mavs traded Day Fry, you you kind of question some things. But now Pee be balling, and honestly, his name says it best. He be balling, and he has been fantastic so far in this season. One of the the best players, I would say, in season number two, no question. Now. One thing that's really helped out the Mavs so far in this one, in this season has been smart basketball late in the game. And this game was no different. In the fourth quarter, despite the Hawks playing pretty good early on, they just couldn't put together a complete game. Mavs in the fourth went on a 13-2 to run. And with that, were able to find a way to play really good defense as part of that run and really shut down a lot of the Hawks players. Now, maybe it wasn't the best game the Mavs have ever played. But at the same time, I would say this is a very solid f- showing in a game that was a lot closer than maybe it should have been. But you really look here, and the final score in this one, by the way, 57-55. to 55. Hawks, if they're going to be successful, need to be able to put together complete games. Mavs, on the other hand, same kind of thing. While they have a lot of talent and they have that ability to come back, you start to wonder... What's it going to take for the Mavs to take that next step? Again, we need dimes to not turn the basketball over, and you really need four quarters because they start off slow. And that this is not the first game that's happened. And you win by two points, but that's not always going to happen. Now, you want to talk about why this game ended up the way that it did. Hawks were pretty sloppy late in the game. Part of that was the Mavs really you know, sticking to them on defense. But at the same time, You definitely saw players like Arsenal who didn't seem like the same player that you got in the first half. And you need complete games. So I think both these teams have things that they can work on going out of this game. But I will say, if you're a fan of the Hawks, definitely something to build around. And you wonder if maybe down the road they're going to be able to take that next step. Maybe a dark horse team when it comes to some of the tournaments later in the season. If we look at statistics... We definitely get an idea of who the player of the game was in this one. And for the Mavs, no shock. Player of the game, we're looking at my guy, Pete B. Ballin. I'm going to give it his way. 17 points, 9 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals, just a single turnover. Really good, solid effort from him. You know, Dimes had a pretty solid game. Mo. Mo has been very impressive, and I I want to mention him also with his 15 points, two rebounds, seven assists, although six personal fouls and four turnovers. So we talked about reasons why the Mavs may lose down the road. Turnovers are a big issue for them. Over on the Hawks' side of things, I'm going to give it to Arsenal, who was really solid. Would have liked to see more points, but how about this stat line? Eight points, 19 rebounds, two assists, one steal, not a single turnover. So a lot to like from him in this game. But again, ultimately, Mavs do take this one by two points. Solid effort from the Hawks. Second game of the week. We have two teams that really on the same path, just in terms of really struggling quite a bit so far early on in the season. Uh, T-Wolves Gaming taking on Celtics crossover. Now, some things to watch for going forward. You wonder if these things stay the same, but both teams did attempt to, some changes as far as lineup was concerned. Now, part of that was, of course, for the T-Wolves, Hood demanding a trade, really not being a part of the team anymore and just looking to, to get out of there. And that's not necessarily a surprise. We know he had some issues in Cleveland. We've obviously seen that, you know, he was quoted as saying, when this isn't fun, I might just stop playing. Maybe he's not having fun. Time will tell on that. But so he was moved, and then if you take a look at how they made that change they put jojo at small forward and nacho trainer was put into the lineup as a power forward nacho trainer had kind of been more of a, a behind the scenes player coach type deal he is back uh, in the fold now with hood taking a step back for the celtics profusion moved from small forward to center now that was a move that uh some people probably questioned because profusion had some pretty good games but in this game that was how the game really started off, as Profusion really was solid early on. Seven points, and helping to get the Celtics' crossover to an early 18-12 to lead over the T-Wolves. Keep in mind, coming into this game, the Wolves had one win, Celtics had zero. So both these teams have a lot to prove. Moving on in the first half, and you really got a nice back and forth from Bear to Bear to Beast and OFAB. OFAB, by the way, another player that rumors are has re- has asked for a trade. And part of that, obviously, is the fact that the Celtics have really struggled. But this is a good back and forth, and both teams really fighting for a victory. Bear to Beast, 13 points and 5 assists in the first half. OFAB, 11 points and 5 assists at halftime. But the T-Wolves, 7-0 run. That second quarter really proved to be a difference maker in this game, and they had a 30-27 lead going into halftime. Now, defense was the key for T-Wolves gaming in that third quarter especially, and Nacho Trainer had a pretty nice showing considering he hasn't been playing much. Third quarter, again, all defense and all T-Wolves as they were able to build their lead to eight points going into the fourth quarter. You go into this watching, and you wonder what the Celtics are going to be able to do if they're going to find a way to close that eight-point gap and maybe get their first win of the season. But unfortunately for them, they were never able to put any sort of a run together, and the fourth quarter was much of the same. T-Wolves actually ended up scoring the Celtics by two in the fourth quarter and finished this one off with a 62-52 to victory. Looking at both teams, you want to talk about players of the game no shock. We do look the way of the point guards once again. Now, for T-Wolf's game, we're going to give it to the player of the game, Bear to Beast, 27 points, 3 rebounds, 9 assists, although 4 turnovers is not ideal. Celtics crossover, OFAB, as always, led the way. 23 points, 10 assists with a nice double-double. 1 rebound, 3 steals, but 6 turnovers. We talk about how important turnovers are, and that's just not going to cut it. Surprisingly, though, you talk about turnovers, and the Celtics actually had less turnovers than the wolves. A little surprising, although the wolves did have one additional assist, that's kind of really tells you a lot about the story of this game. While it's a little bit of an outlier, as normally those two statistics tend to favor the winning team, this was kind of a difference, although seven assi- or seven turnovers total for Celtics and OFEB had six of them. Kudos to the rest of the guys, you know, Mal East, Bully, and no autographs, no turnovers for them. Again, final score in this one, 62-52, T-Wolves get their second win, and unfortunately, Celtics stay winless. Next up on the docket, we have Hawks Talon GC taking on Nets GC. Lots of things to watch for in this game if you missed it, and we'll go over those now. Hawks come into this game off a fresh loss, unfortunately, earlier in the night to the Mavs, and they are looking to find a way to right the ship. Both these teams are are very similar in terms of record, coming to this, actually, both two and two. Wavy Zay, Nets GC, really showed up early. It was able to get 11 first quarter points, along with two assists. So right there, responsible for 15 points for the Nets in that first quarter. 18 to 10 was the score after one spot. Hawks, though, were able to fight back and they went on a run of their own 14 to 2. And that's what started off that second quarter. And they were able to pick it up and get the early advantage. Steals were the name of the game and really were a big part of what the Hawks were able to do to then build uh, off of that run. So you talk about an early run for the Nets, but then that second quarter. Finished off by the Hawks, who were able to take a 29 to 27 halftime lead. Third quarter was more of the same, and Dampoy's shots really was a big part of a nine to two run in the first half of that third quarter. Nets though were able to go on a mini run of their own, but just like that, Hawks come back another eight to two run, and 50 to 38 is the score going into the fourth quarter. At that point, Nets were never able to get this one back to being close, and Hawks really put their foot down as they were able to finally win this one, 68-54, moving to 3-2 on the season, and unfortunately for the Nets, they move to 2-3. Player of the game, another guy that shined earlier in the night against the Mavs, really shined in this game. How about Arsenal's numbers? 10 points, 19 rebounds, that's two straight games with 19 boards for Arsenal, 7 assists, One steal, two blocks, only a single turnover. Standing ovation for that man. Now, I don't want to discredit Dat Boy Shots getting 29 points. But, man, what a stat line that was for Arsenal. I do give him the player of the game nod. Over for Nets GC. Very nice effort from a few players. But we're going to give the look and the the nod to Wavy. 20 points, 8 assists, a rebound, 2 steals. Although that 4 turnovers is not going to get the job done. Next on the docket, we have two more teams that already played tonight, and that was T-Wolves Gaming taking on Mavs Gaming. I got to say, going into this one, I really felt like this, this is a game where the Mavs had a shot to just blow them out of the water. Just given you had the recent coaching change for T-Wolves Gaming, you don't know what kind of chemistry they have now that Hood's not really with the team. And the Mavs looking to stay undefeated, I felt like this was a time where they could try to prove it and really put on a show. If you're going to find a way to beat the Mavs, I think a big part of it is getting a punch in early. Otherwise, the Mavs can really look to just take over that game. Or if you keep them close, as they showed against the Hawks, they have the ability to come back and win basketball games. And this was an example of how not to do things. As the Wolves, in that first quarter, score only five points. Overall, Bear to Beast just could not get the job done. Turned the ball over nine times only scored eight points. If you look at that statistic right there, what is your guess? Do you think they won the game? Moving on, Nacho Trainer and Feast, though, at times were able to play pretty well, but they just couldn't... They had no answer for PP Ballen. There was just no defense. On top of that, poor foul management. Lots of reasons why the Mavs, uh, throughout this game, really looked like the much better team. Now, if the Mavs win this game... They came into this game knowing they would be the first seed for the turn, and they came to play in this one, and the Wolves, you'd look to maybe play spoiler here and be the first team to beat them, but they came in and just looked like this game went exactly how you'd expect it to, with the Mavs, for the most part, dominating, and T-Wolves really just not having the kind of firepower that you would need to beat the Mavs, largely in part to Hood not being with the team. Now... Towards the end of the game, the Wolves were able to make this game a lot closer than it ultimately was. And credit Jojo for that. In this game, six three pointers, eighteen points. But again, that's not gonna get the ball that's not gonna get it done when your starting point guard turns the ball over a million times and is only able to shoot three of ten. I mean, that's not what it's gonna come down to. And the T Wolves are really fading fast. If they're going to make any sort of change to their season, I think you got to trade Hood as fast as possible. Final score in this game, 64-60. to 60. Mavs take it, and they stay undefeated. Now, just getting an idea of how this game went, it was really a tale of uh, the first quarter is where it really shined. You know, 11-5 to 5 was the first quarter advantage for the Mavs over the T-Wolves. Quarter 2 is even. Mavs in the third quarter only outscored by 2 points. And while the T-Wolves made, like, a valiant run up 25-21 in the fourth, they just really couldn't come back from that early advantage the Mavs had. On top of that, you really got the sense that at no point were the Mavs worried. And so, ultimately, while the score looks close, it really wasn't. Player of the game, though, for the Mavs, got to give it to Pepe Ballin. 21 points, 16 rebounds, an assist, 2 steals, and a block. Just a single turnover. Credit Dimes, though, just three turnovers in this one. If he can continue to lower that number and work on that area of his game, the sky's the limit for the Mavs. Got to give player of the game, or at least the best player, I should say, for T-Wolves gaming was Feast. 17 points, 13 rebounds, three assists, and a steal. Very solid game. And again, Bear to Beast, nine turnovers, just not going to get the job done. Mavs come into this night as an unbeaten team, but not the only one. Biggest difference, of course, number of games played. Mavs at this point, and 7-0. Pacers, though, coming into this next game against the Magic, and they have 3-0 and as a record, looking to continue that. Now you look over at Magic Gaming, 2-2. and So playing 500, will they find a way to upset the Pacers again and give them their first loss? Early on in this game, you definitely got a pretty good back and forth. Although Pacers, 8-0 run to give them their biggest lead of the game early in the second quarter. But as we talked about, everyone seems to go on runs in the game. And Magic counter and come right back, able to end the half with a nice run of their own, and they take a 29-25 lead going into halftime. Magic, though, really never seemed to be the better team. And they really struggled in that second half. Now, they were able to get some nice looks on offense. They were running a pick-and-roll style and got a lot of open buckets in the post. But on defense, very similar to the last game we talked about with the T-Wolves, just could not get the stops to try to pull away. And when you let these really good teams like the Pacers or the Mavs stay in the game, towards the end, they're going to find a way because you can only keep them down for so long. I mean, what do they say about sleeping giants? And so end of the third quarter... Game is tied at 42. Now, two minutes left in the fourth quarter. At that point, Pacers take the lead back 51-49. to And that was the first time they actually had a lead uh, since early in the second quarter. Now, that was the last lead change of the game. Just like that, Pacers able to hold on, very similar to Mavs. And at that point, game ended up finishing. Pacers take this one while it was close, and probably I will say, unlike in previous games, this was a close game because the Magic stayed in it. I felt like the score actually represents how close this game really was. 61-57 is the final in this contest. Pacers move to 4-0, stay undefeated. Magic move to 2-3. and Who is the player of the game in this one? Well, for Pacers Gaming, it is none other than Maddie. 31 points. Two rebounds, five assists, and just three turnovers. 13 of 16 shooting, two of three from three. Looking at the Magic side of the ball, though, you got a few guys that had some decent efforts. We're going to give it to the double-double for Reezy. 11 points, four rebounds, 12 assists, three turnovers. And that does it for night one of week number four's slate of games. Night two starts off with... A very similar story to Mavs and Pacers, although the opposite as Grizz gaming come in looking to stay defeated, although obviously that's not the plan, that's just the way it has gone. We've talked about this in the past on other episodes and when we looked at other weeks, but authentic African is a player, and I got to speculate maybe that's the kind of guy that the wolves look to target in a trade with in a trade involving hood. Time's going to kind of tell on that one. But something to watch for. Now, if the Grizzlies are going to find ways to win games, and this is what we've talked about in the past, is that he needs a Robin to his Batman. Sometimes Vandy looks like he might be that part. And there's a reason why he was the first-round pick in this draft, or this year's draft, for the Grizzlies. And you know what? This was the game to do it. Grizzlies taking on the Bucks in the first game. Aggressive is the best word to describe what we got from Vandy, especially early on with the pick and roll. Now, defenses, as they know, as they should, they really focus on authentic African, and they want to take advantage of maybe some double teams and things like that to really stop him. That's why someone else has to step up, and we got that in this game from Vandy, was able to get to the hoop, take some mid-range shots, and he really did a great job on defense locking up slay island actually they forced multiple half court violations in the first half something you do not see that often in 2K League or in the regular NBA now bucks gaming in the second half found a way to really you know switch things up credit the adjustments that they made But at that point, Grizz Gaming themselves were prepared for possible adjustments and were able to try to look to expand their game. Instead of being more of an inside focus, went to look for three-point shots. Now, Milwaukee would focus on that paint. They would kick the ball out. Now, Vandy, three of five from deep, not too shabby. And he actually made all uh, but one of of, of the team's uh, deep range shots, but they hit him at the right moment and were able to do some things that was you know really well now, one of the things you 're looking at if you're watching a Bucks team is the man, the myth, the legend a rooks, and this was a game where you know he didn't have his best stuff, but in that second half able to make a little bit of a push and try to bring the bucks back into it. But ultimately, without A being there for four quarters, Bucks just were not as effective on offense. Now, how about this? Only made nine of their first 21 shots going at that point, we're midway through the third quarter. Not much to like. Now, again, we talked about it. A did make a run late in the game, but it just was not enough. As if without A consistency, you don't get enough on the offensive end to really bail out the fact that you weren't as great on defense. Now, Big Meek had some nice moments and you got some offensive rebounds and some other nice things from Plondo but ultimately, you didn't get enough from anybody to win this game and on top of that, turnovers were an issue and you didn't get enough points in the paint. A lot of things that didn't go their way and ultimately, it ended up costing them How about this? Grizz get the upset First win of the season, 61-52 to is your final. Credit Grizz Gaming. Now, they had a bye last week. Maybe that was part of it. They had some time to really regroup and maybe look to make some sort of a run towards, uh, for, you know, for more games the rest of the season. I'm going to give this. Now, we know Authentic Africa gets the job done. Vandy, though, is who we're going to give this player of the game to in this win. 28 points, 1 rebound, 11 assists, and a steal. Very solid double-double. The six turnovers, not great, but how about this? He had all six turnovers for the team. Nobody else on the team had a single turnover. That's one way to get a nice win. Looking over to the Bucs side of things, not necessarily a great game for any one specific person, but we're going to give it to Plondo. 13 points, nine rebounds, so just short of a double-double. One assist, two steals, and just two turnovers on the game. This game was a little more back to uh, the way you'd expect it. 13 turnovers for the Bucks and just six for the Grizz, who get the win. On to game number two, we have Nets GC taking on Celtics crossover. Celtics, of course, looking to right the ship from their loss to the T-Wolves the night before. Not only that, though, we actually have a second team looking to try to get a first win on the season. Celtics, 0-4 coming into this game. Can they find a way to get their first victory? Taking on a Nets team. Now, coming into this week, the Nets were 500, but they've already lost one game. If they lose two, their season changes quite a bit. And so they're hopeful to find a way to win this one. If you're going to get a win, if you're the Celtics, it's going to be one person that really has to get the job done. And this was a game that he really showed up. OFAB was the man that you'd expect him to be, really putting on a show. Now, how about this, though? The Pretty much the entire Celtics team really seemed to uh, find a way to get some chemistry. And they really gelled, more so in this game than you would have seen in the previous four. Now, half-court defense was really, really solid for Nets GC. And it made it tough. But on top of that, Celtics, because they were so good they were able to overcome 14 turnovers. You know, We talked about that half-court defense by the Nets, but they were able to Boston was able to actually cause the Nets to 15 turnovers, including actually uh, five turnovers from Wavy and small forward Lav. So there's not a lot of things uh, to like uh, in that perspective if you're looking at the Nets side of things. And they do ultimately end up dropping this one. It was really a bit of a struggle, and the score really says it all. While it wasn't a a blow up by any means, 65 59, a game where Celtics won it, and they were just the better team overall, I would say. And the turnovers, as usual, do help to tell the story as they were able to win that battle. Now, looking at player of the game for Celtics crossover, I got to give it to double double OFAB. 21 points, a rebound, 12 assists, five steals. Really jumps off the page, although that five turnovers is a number you'd like to see change. Looking at the net side of things, Shuttles, a name you, we haven't really necessarily talked about much on this show, but I love the stats that he stuffed. How about this? Ten points, nine rebounds, five assists, two steals, two blocks, just three turnovers. A lot to like from him, but ultimately Nets do fall again. 65-59 is your final. Kind of looking at how the quarters really shaped up. Really, the story of the game was the fourth quarter. Going into the fourth, the Nets actually had a one-point advantage. But it was all Celtics who, in that final quarter, outscored them 22-15. to 15, And that was all she wrote. Nets actually had the lead for pretty much most of the game as they outscored by two in the first. Only were down one in the second. And we had an even third quarter. Next game on the slate for night number 2, we had Blazer 5 taking on Knicks Gaming. What would be the story of this one? Honestly, we're not going to talk too long as we're going to go right off the bat. How about this final score? 86 to 48. The Knicks really uh <laughs> not a lot not a lot of good things to say when you lose a game by that much. Now the Knicks came into this one only with a single win. They were 1 and 2. Blazer 5, of course, just with a single loss. Mama I'm that Man really started off this game strong as he early on hits a three, and Blazer 5 actually were able to start off the game on a 9-0 lead, which clearly is shown by that final score. Now, Knicks really struggled early on in the first quarter, lots of turnovers, and they really didn't play any defense, and that was a big part of why the runs were occurring for Blazer 5. Now, it took them... Up until three minutes left in the first quarter before they even scored their first basket. But at the end of the first quarter, they held a 27-13 to lead, did Blazer 5. Now, the, the, the Knicks did go on a run in that second quarter, were able to get as close as nine points, but that was all she wrote, really. Blazer 5, able to fight back just like that, and nine points was really the closest this game ever was, again. Blazers really were able to hit three-point shots. And as the first half came to a close, 45-28 was the score. And how about that? 28 points in the first half, and we already know they only scored 48 total. And I think that tells you a lot of how that second half goes. Now, second half, you saw more of the same as Knicks Gaming really didn't seem to have it on either end. They couldn't get any stops against Blazer 5. They really couldn't score. And let's be honest. Let's not take anything away from Blazer 5. While the Knicks are not a really great team, Blazer 5 are one of the best to do it in this season. And so ultimately, Blazer 5 just put their foot down, find a way to win this one. And again, blowout fashion, 86 to 48. Looking at the numbers, we got to say, player of the game in this one could go to a number of guys that you got really good efforts from a few different players. But we're going to actually give it to Mama I'm Dat Man, 32 points. One, assi- one rebound, 14 assists, a block, five turnovers. But when you play as well as they did, no shock. How about this? Eight turnovers for Blazer 5, 20 for the Knicks. You want to know why you lost that game, Knicks? Take care of the basketball. For the Knicks, though, we will give a shout-out to Idris Goat. 27 points, three rebounds, a block, and just two turnovers. Now the final game of night number two, week four, we have Warriors Gaming, taking on Wizards District, and unfortunately for Wizards District, this game was very similar to the one we just talked about. As we're going to go, just the final score here, 82-43 to 43 is your final. Warriors absolutely blow out, destroy Wizards District. You want to talk about how this game went? That score really tells you a lot of it. Now, a big portion was the Wizards really had a tough time on defense, and the Warriors took advantage of that. They got dunks. And then, on top of that, because the Wizards were making so many mistakes, they took advantage with an early or with a big run. Now, looking at the first quarter specifically, you had six Wizards turnovers, one of six from the field. And that run by the Warriors in that first quarter, 25 to four. Yikes. Down 21 early on. And that didn't change. Uh, as the game moved forward, Wizards still could not hit double digits until there was only two minutes left in that first half. I mean, that tells you the story of this game if it doesn't. Warriors, 37-17 to was the lead going into halftime as the Wizards were able to actually get a number of points going into the uh, halftime but still being down 20 points. Now, how about this? This is a crazy statistic. Warriors had hit as many field goals as the Wizards had attempted at 16. Beast Move, of course, was really solid for the Warriors, who had, and he had 13 points, 3 of 4 shooting in that first half. Uh 3 of 4 from the three point line. And type also solid uh from the field. Wizards at the half were led by dayfry And as good as dayfry is. He's not enough to get the job done, only five points. Third quarter was more of the same as the game started in that second half with a turnover, which really tells you how this game went for the Wizards. Warriors were not about to let up on the gas, and they continued to push, going into the fourth quarter with a 57-29 to lead. Final six minutes, really nothing to talk about as they just pushed the lead even further. Final score again, 82-43, Warriors take it. Now, taking a look at player of the game for the Warriors, we talked about them before. But uh, B. Be Smooth was solid with 33 points. But I am actually going to give this one to Type with the double double: 16 points, 19 rebounds, three steals, one block, and just two turnovers for Wizards District. Not a lot to say about players other than Day Fry, who I mean had a nice, pretty nice game: 17 points, six rebounds, three assists. Four steals and a block, but seven turnovers? And then how about their point guard, Reese? Nine turnovers? Man, you want to win the game, you got to value the basketball more. And the Wizards just did not do that. Couple that with their lackadaisical defense, and that is all she wrote for week four's day number two. All right, so the last night of week number four starts off with 76ers GC taking on Blazer 5 Gaming. One Wild Walnut, by the way. It is his 20th birthday and he is going to see what he can do to give them the victory over 76ers GC. Now 76ers 2-1, and one, playing pretty good basketball so far on the season, but obviously Blazer 5 really playing well with just a single loss on the year, 5-1 going into this game, and who will be the victor? Keep in mind, going into this game, Blazers on a five-game win streak as they lost the first game of the season and nothing since then. Now, one thing to watch for coming up on this season, Blazer 5 Gaming actually won the turn tournament last season, and you wonder if they're going to find a way to do that yet again. Strange things happen in this game. 76ers GC looked like a completely different team than what you've been seeing. Radiant, who's been one of the best players of the season, looking to try to, you know, solidify that, just did not show up and really seemed to be struggling. Add to that... One of the best teams in the league, 76ers GC, could not do offense, really struggled to put together any sort of uh, advantage on that end. But on top of that, defense just was not there. One Wild Walnut was able to completely dominate this game, able to get open baskets down low. And on top of that, you didn't see a lot of perimeter defense. There's just not much that you'd like to see from from either – from Either side of the basketball, 476 or GC, they had, how about this stat, if you want to wonder how poorly they were with their offensive possessions and how little they valued the basketball in this game, just look at the turnovers, 19 of them, and that is a season high, no question. A lot of those turnovers surprisingly did not account for fast break points for Blazer 5, something that you normally see in 2K League games. But again, because they could not find an offensive advantage and they were able to do pretty much nothing on offense or defense. How about this? Blazer 5 won every single quarter. That is not something you see. Generally, you see maybe you'll win one quarter or you'll tie at least one quarter, and they had nothing to speak of as far as that was concerned. Looking at the final on this one, we have 63-49. It just was not meant to be for 76ers GC, who just did not seem to have it on this night. We all have off nights for the 76ers. Hopefully, this is their last one. This does bring them down to 500 on the season, 2-2. Two and two. Blazer 5 move to 6-1. and one. Player of the game for Blazer 5, we, of course, give it to the birthday boy. One wild walnut, 22 points, 18 rebounds. Almost gets a twenty twenty game on his 20th birthday. One assist, seven steals. Three turnovers. Fantastic game. 11 of 16 from the field. Taking a look at 76ers GC, I guess the guy we're going to probably give this one to is going to be, uh, you know, it's a really tough one, but we're ultimately going to give it to Breadwinner just because he was able to stuff many stats. Nine points, five rebounds, three assists, two steals, two blocks, just three turnovers. A couple guys, you know, Radiant and ZDS had okay games, but 10 turnovers between the two of them. Just not going to get it done. Again, your final score in this one, Blazer 5, take it, 63, 76ers GC, just 49. Game 2 on the docket, we have Jazz Gaming taking on Warriors Gaming. Looks to be uh, maybe another game where Warriors come out strong. Jazz have been a a team that you, you really like to watch so far on this season. Coming into this one, very similar in terms of record, actually. So Warriors come into this one 2-2. Two and two. Jazz Gaming come into this one 1-2. and two. Can the Warriors keep up? They just had a nice win. Can they continue that? Now, Warriors, unfortunately, got off to a, a slow start. And Jazz Gaming was able to take a pretty solid 12-4 lead early on. Type, the Warriors center, was then, though, able to get a number of buckets in a row, get the game a little closer, But after one quarter, 14-10, to the Jazz were up. Now, B-Smooth, of course, the small forward for the Warriors, leads the league in points at 27.5 coming into this game. No points for him in that first quarter. If you're going to struggle scoring, it's going to happen because your guy that does most of your scoring isn't able to get the job done. And that's what you saw here. Although that wasn't long as he was part of an 8-0 Warriors run in that second quarter. Gliz, though, came to play in this one and was able to hit some threes. And Jazz Gaming still up 30-25 to 25 at halftime. Gliz actually had 15 points going into the half. Very solid performance from him. Third quarter, a lot of the same things that you looked at in that first half. A good back and forth, though. Moem, though, hits a backdoor layup. Only one second to go in the third quarter. And just like that. Jazz are still up front and just by four, though, 47 to 43. As you had a very close matchup in that third quarter. Fourth quarter, offense, defense, Jazz had it all. And they were able to get steals, they were able to get transition baskets. Lots to like from this one. How about this? Going on a 22 to 8 run in that fourth quarter, final in this one, 69 to 51. Jazz basically blow out the Warriors. Very, very surprising. I don't know that anyone necessarily saw this happening, but there it is. And Checking out the numbers from this one. Warriors Gaming. You know, you got a nice performance from both Type and CB13. We're going to give the nod. You know, we really liked CB13 just because he did a few other things. So 11 points, one rebound, eight assists, two steals. But your player of the game is for Jazz Gaming. Gliz. So impressive. 24 points. Five rebounds, one assist, two steals, a block, just a single turnover. Jazz Gaming, very, very happy to come out of this with a win and move on uh, with a little bit of momentum, hopefully, for the turn tournament. And for uh, their last game, as they are the last game of week number four. Next game, we have Raptors Uprising GC taking on Bucks Gaming, who will be the victor. Bucks have been a very solid team. Coming into this game 3-2, and two. Raptors Uprising coming in just 500 2 2-2, two, only one game behind them. Bucks, of course, did lose to Grizz Gaming recently, the night before actually. And uh, one of the biggest upsets of the year, most people would say, because the Grizz, kind of similar to last year, just have not seemed to be a very solid team. Now, Raptors did not get the kind of start they were hoping for. Lots of turnovers in that first quarter, and you counter that with the Bucks being such a solid franchise, and a 15-6 advantage in that first quarter is what they took into the second period. Raptors were better in the second quarter as far as offense is concerned, but they really didn't have it on defense. Bucks actually had three straight triples without any sort of an answer from the Raptors, and on top of that, right before halftime, Plondo gets the easy dunk. 30 to 18 is your Bucks advantage at halftime. Really Bucks looking in this first half like the much better team, not necessarily a, a huge surprise. a by the way, only 3 points in the second or in the first half. Uh, that's the second straight game where a rooks really hasn't been the player you're used to seeing scoring wise. Third quarter changed everything. How about this? a rooks obviously understood that he had to do more. Four three-pointers in that third quarter. Now, Raptors while they struggled on offense, they struggled on defense too. And all of a sudden, it's a 50-32 lead going into the fourth quarter. At that point, you really felt like the game was over. And Bucks Gaming did not take their foot off the gas. Going into that fourth quarter, and they end up winning this one easily, just destroy the Raptors. 77-50 to 50 is your final. Not much to write home about if you are the Raptors. Player of the game for the Bucs. Goes to none other than, not A-Rooks this time. We're giving it to Plondo. 17 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists, 7 steals, 2 blocks. That's not that far off from a quadruple double. How impressive by Plondo. So much to like from him. I will give a shout out to A-Rooks, though, as he finished the game strong. 23 points. Big Meek adds to it with 27. For the Raptors... A few players uh, had okay games. The guy that, that jumped off the page was Kenny. We'll give it to him. 20 points, 3 assists, 1 steal. Although 4 turnovers is not ideal. But 4 of 8 from 3, 8 of 13 overall. Gotta love that offensive efficiency. We have 2 games left on this week's schedule. Starting off with 76ers GC versus Knicks Gaming. 76ers, of course, trying to uh, recover from their first game earlier in the night where they struggled a bit taking on Knicks Gaming. Now, coming into this game, of these teams actually making this their second game of the night. Who's going to be the victor? Who is going to be the team that finds a way to right the wrongs of earlier in the night? And actually, in this one, you had a pretty good back and forth as Knicks were able to take quarter one, 76ers take quarter two, and then you have a tie game in quarter number three. Now, of course, a big difference maker, 76ers outscored the Knicks in that second quarter by 7 points to take that 3 point lead going into halftime and into the fourth quarter and they kept it going taking the one point advantage and they win that fourth quarter 14 to 13 so very close but they do end up edging them out in this one and your final score 76ers GC take it 65 to 59 Knicks with a a valiant effort but just not enough to get the job done they just continue to struggle you wonder what's gonna, what it's going to take to get them on the right path, but it's just not happening yet. 76ers, of course, were able to get on that right path after an earlier loss in the night, and you'd like, you like seeing that as a 76ers fan, and they hope that they can be a little more consistent with the turn tournament coming up. Player of the game for 76ers, gotta give it to Radiant. 27 points, 9 assists, 2 steals, 5 turnovers, though, is not ideal. Looking over at the Knicks side of the ball, great game from Goofy. No shock, as he's always getting it done. 19 points, 14 rebounds, 7 assists, almost that triple-double. One block, just 3 turnovers, 9 of 13 from the field. Very good efficiency. If he can keep that up, you know, sky's the limit for the Knicks if they can find one other player or two other players that can get the job done on a nightly basis. You'd like to see a little more scoring from I.M. Adam with just 8 points. A few other guys need to jump off the page if this team is really going to be able to do anything else. Goofy had 14 rebounds we talked about, but as a team, the rest of the guys only had 6 total rebounds. None for Adam, none for Haza. Those are things that got to change. You need more production off the other role players. Final game of the night, we have Grizz Gaming, who are looking to find a way to steal one again, although they are taking on Jazz Gaming. Jazz Gaming had a really solid win earlier in the night. Looking at both of these teams, again, Grizzlies coming off a very nice win. But is that enough to give, to jumpstart their season? Now, they did just knock off Bucks Gaming. But that's the thing. When you have a big win like that, sometimes the next game you tend to be a little bit of a struggle. Now, you really need Vandy in this one to step up if the Grizzlies are going to have a chance. Because you always really know what you're going to get from Authentic African, and when they they put double teams on Authentic, someone else has to step up, drive to the hoop, maybe get some mid-range shots. And much like last game, Vandy was able to do that for certain stretches of the game. Now, what you talk about, it's the matchup of the day, Vandy versus Compete. Now, Compete finished with 25 points in this one, and he was a big reason why his team was able to end up winning this one as 20 of the team's 27 points came in the third quarter alone. Now, Rhea was a big part of this as well. All five of his field goal attempts that he made happened during that stretch. The third quarter is really what actually sealed the victory for the Jazz in this one. Looking at kind of how the game actually went, early on you had a nice Grizz lead one point. And then at halftime, Grizz are down just a single point. So in quarters one and two... You got great production out of the Grizz, and you were able to stay in the game. But in that third quarter, as we talked about, really the difference maker, Jazz Gaming win that one 27-9. Now, the Grizz won the fourth quarter. They won the first quarter, so they won two of those quarters. But when you have a quarter like the third, like they did, that's just not going to get the job done. Final score in this one, 75-57. Jazz end up really blowing them out. I would actually argue that the score doesn't tell the whole story of the game. Really... Grizz were pretty competitive for three quarters, but if you can't put together a complete game, you're just not going to be able to get the job done. We talked about Vandy being able to step up in some areas. You know, 20 points, 11 assists, two rebounds. That's all great. Seven, seven turnovers, that's not going to get the job done. Authentic, 13 points, six rebounds, two assists, three steals, just a single turnover, but he needs more help. He's not able to do what he was able to do last year and and a lot of that's just because he's not getting much from some of the other players on his team. D-Double needs to do better. Uh, J-Rod needs to be able to hit some threes. Two of six in this game, but you need more than that. And Toxic, four of five, very efficient, but ultimately the Grizz as a team just don't have enough firepower, and it shows many, many nights. This night was no different. For player of the game, we give it to Rhea. Now, we talked about Compete having a fantastic game, but when you have this kind of a game, you got to highlight it. Ria, 14 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists, a block, and only 2 turnovers. Almost gets that triple-double. Again, your final, 75-57 in the final contest of week number 4. Four weeks in the books, we now have the official seeding for the TURN tournament. Now, the things to keep in mind with this, seeding hierarchy, as they call it, win percentage from weeks 2-5, to five, head-to-head record from regular weekly matchups, Average point differential from regular weekly matchups. Average points per game from regular weekly matchups. The tip-off performance, so the round you finished followed head-to-head record and followed by points under the eight-point system. And finally, it would be a coin flip. Now, for head-to-head, if more than two teams are tied and not all teams have played each other, the rule is better winning percentage in all games amongst tied teams. So you go into this, Pacers gaming is number one point differential. Mavs 7-0, and though. Point differential is the difference maker. So because both, now despite both teams being undefeated, because the Mavs have played some really close games, Pacers do end up taking that one. So again, 4-0 for the Pacers at seed one. Seed two, and 7-0, Mavs gaming. Seed three, no surprise. Blazer five, gaming at six and one. You have two teams at four and two, the Bucks and Kings. Bucks take slot four, Kings take slot five. Point differential being the key. Now, we have a number of teams at three and two. In fact, we have five of them. And what ended up being the determining factor was head-to-head record, got the Jazz at slot six, and then you go off a point differential. Slot seven is the Warriors at three and two. Slot eight is Hawks Talon at three and two. 3-2 3-2 and two also at number 9, 76ers GC, and at 10, Heat Check Gaming. Again, point differential was the determining factor for all of those teams. We have one single team sitting at 500 at 3-3. Three and three. That team is the Cavs Legion. And because they're the only team there, there was no other factors taken into account. It's just the next slotted team. At 2-3, and three, we've got two teams, Magic Gaming and Raptors Uprising. At the 12th spot, our Magic and Raptors at 13. Point differential, again, the key. T-Wolves 2-4, two Nets GC 2-4, two four, T-Wolves 14, Nets at 15, point differential was the decider. Lakers gaming and Knicks gaming, Celtics, Grizz, and Pistons all sitting at 1-4, and four, rounding out this list, or sorry, 16-20 to 20 anyways. Head-to-head and point differential was the determining factor for these games, except for the Celtics, who point differential did not get taken into account. So at 16, we have the Lakers, 17, the Knicks, Celtics at eighteen, Grizz Gaming at nineteen, Pistons at twenty, and no surprise to anyone else, O and four Wizards District Gaming they are twenty one. Now taking a look at the tournament schedule. Now we talk about all these times would actually be Pacific. That's what they base it off of for the two K leagues website. From so so next Thursday you start off with Wizards District. So you actually on Thursday will have three, four, five, so we'll have seven games on Thursday. You're then going to have another six games on Friday. And then Saturday, actually, we're going to have, uh, looks like another seven games. So it's going to be, again, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. A little different than what you see with the regular season, which is Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Uh, It does talk about how new seeds are from the playing games and will be ordered 12 to 16 based on their 21-team seed. So if seed 21 wins their playing game, the highest seed they can be is new seed 16. And that's what's going to be taken into account on Friday, as there's a number of teams that did get buys going into Friday. So teams that won't play on Thursday are the Pacers, Mavs, Blazer 5, Bucks, Kings, and Jazz. They all have a buy into game number two. We'll see what happens, but this is going to be a very exciting tournament. You're not going to want to miss it. Keep that in mind. We have more coming up. Remember, you're listening to the NBA 2K League Show on Dash Radio's Nothing But that channel going to do it though for this segment and the recap as well as a future look at the turn and until next episode keep it 2000 introducing the roadcaster pro podcast production studio the roadcaster pro is a true world first all-in-one console solution for podcasters of all levels featuring four microphone channels bluetooth usb and trrs inputs eight color-coded sound effect pads four high power headphone outputs and more The Roadcaster Pro is professional podcasting made easy. Available in stores this December, visit www.road.com for more information. Once again, that's www.rode.com.